Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. Thank all of you. I believe, uh, I believe all the singers are here today. I've never heard like a singer. <laughs> Listen, wow, all the singers are here. Maybe the others, when they come back, they'll be singing too. But uh, great worship time. If you brought your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians. We're going to look at a familiar passage, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We'll sneak over in chapter 5 a little as we go along. It's good to see all of you, really. I'm not just saying that to be saying it. Um, I've been praying for this day. I've been uh, waiting with anticipation for the time that when we could kind of gather together again. I didn't know how many would be here, but, but we planned for a bunch. We got two overflow rooms, so we're ready for others to come in. But uh, I'm glad we're back together once again as the body of believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only have I been praying for this day, but I've been preparing for the church to return to the sanctuary. I know we worship at home. You've been worshiping at home. You've been praying and reading your Bible, praying for me and praying for your church family. and been tuning in to live broadcasts and Bible studies and our prayer time. And, uh, but I've been praying, praying for this day, been preparing for it, that we can return to the sanctuary. And again, I just want to say just a brief thank you to those who have helped wherever needed to get us where we are right now to get ready for this. It was a lot of work went into it, and we've really been preparing for it since our last meeting here on March 15th. And so I appreciate uh, everyone. I appreciate those who came during our time of um, virtual worship and uh, gave their time. Some of them looked pretty rough at early in the morning when they came, but they came and with a Glad for heart, did a great job. So we've been busy getting ready for your return. I thank God that I thank God that we're here this morning. We've been blessed in other ways. We've been blessed by having the technology to have our our services transmitted live by YouTube and Facebook and and uh, but you know a virtual services, my opinion, can never compare to to being with each other, being in the presence of each other, and enjoying Christian fellowship, koinonia, enjoying that. So I'm glad to be here. Glad to see you here. I talked with Judy, by the way, it's my wife up here on the front. It's been a long time since we've sat together. I think everyone who arranged the chairs and put her up here, Deb, thanks for ushering her up here. She's sitting by me. But uh, I really struggled with this week. What sermon to preach? And I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I said, God, I know you've got just a special sermon for us to hear on our Welcome Back Sunday on uh, May the 17th, 2020. And so yesterday, uh, he gave me this passage. I don't know how many times I've preached from 1 Thessalonians 4, but a lot, but I've never preached this sermon. 
I want to share with you from 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning with verse 13. You'll have to listen quick. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we, I put a parenthesis around that pronoun, we'll come back to it. But if we believe that Jesus died and arose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Verse 15, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Heavenly Father, help me, I pray, this morning as I share your word. Allow your Holy Spirit to touch the hearts of people. May they respond to your Spirit's leading. Give me the words to say, and I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Title of the message this morning, simply, Are you prepared for the day of Christ? Are you prepared for the day of Christ? I've got to be honest with you. I'm always honest with you. But in the past few weeks, I began to think that I might see us going up together before I saw us back in the sanctuary. I really thought that. I kept looking for the Lord to come at any time. With that in mind, if we never meet again here, the question is, will I meet you in the rapture? If we never meet again here, will I meet you in the rapture? Will you be in that catching away? The Latin word is rapture. Rapture, that's where we get the English word rapture. The word rapture is not in the Bible, but the word caught up is. Those words caught up, English words, are more forceful than the Latin word rapture or rapture. And so we use the English word rapture. Question is, are you prepared for the day of Christ? Now, there's, uh, during all of this, I've heard a lot of people say, well, this is. It's time for the Lord to come back. This is the second coming. It's time for the second coming. Uh, and they see, they begin to quote Matthew chapter 24, and they begin to quote uh, Isaiah chapter 2 and some of the other prophets about the second coming of the Lord, the prophecy of the second coming of the Lord. And so I want us to see the difference between the second coming of the Lord or the day of the Lord and the day of Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible separates the coming of the Lord is the same as the second coming of the Lord. And the day of Jesus Christ is the rapture. So, first of all, if you're taking notes, let's look at the day of the Lord or the second coming. And that's when the second coming is when Christ comes to earth and he sets his feet upon the Mount of Olives. That's the second coming. Preceding that are attending to his 
coming, there will be a cataclysmic events. Several cataclysmic events falling upon the earth. You'll have war, you'll have famine, pestilence, disease, earthquakes, uh, out-of-space phenomena, stars falling out of the orbits, great hundred pounds of hell stones falling to the earth. You'll have the battle of Armageddon. And all of that begins in the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 2, goes through the books of the prophets, Matthew 24, preached sermon one time, Matthew 24 is at your door, but it's referring to the second coming, not the rapture. And so, if you'll notice in Paul's epistles, Paul never mentions these events, these catastrophic, catastrophic events in his letters preceding the catching away of the church. None of those things happened before the catching away of the church. So here's the point. That's why the Lord could come today. That's why He could come tomorrow. That's why He could come next year. That's why we don't know exactly when the Lord's going to come. And so the point is the rapture is the catching away, the calling up of the church, and it's not accompanied with great prophesied disasters. It could come any minute, tomorrow, today. Before we're finished here. And that is known as the day of Christ. Or the catching away of the church. Or the, the, the coming of Christ. Now, in the second coming, Christ comes back. The second coming or the day of the Lord. He comes back, he sets his feet on planet earth. There on the Mount of Olives. And so, let's look briefly at the day of Jesus Christ, also known as the rapture. Now, the rapture is going to be pretty well silent. I know the trumpet's going to sound, it's going to be a shout. But there's no big, it's not going to be any catastrophic events take place. The rapture will be silent, it'll be a silent disappearance when all the believers will suddenly be gone. The truth of the matter, perhaps no one except the lost in your immediate family will know that you're gone. The lost in your circle of friends, perhaps they'll know that what you've been telling them over the years have take, has taken place. Or those classmates of yours in school, and you've tried to witness to them, and all of a sudden you're not there, and you're not there the next day and the next day, and they hear there's a lot of people missing. But the rest of the world will continue. Someone said this, it says, After we're gone, there will be church next Sunday as usual for the many who thought they were saved. Think of that. So the point is, you and I, the believer, will not experience terrible days. We won't experience this tribulation period. We won't experience the events of, of the coming judgments of the second coming. And so you have the second coming. You have the day of the Lord, the second coming. You have the day of Christ, which is the rapture, which could happen any minute. Now look for a moment at the day of Christ's coming. And I want, you, I want to compare some scripture. And I'm about finished. Look, if you will, at verse 13. I want us to look at some pronouns in, in, in 13 through 18. And then and you'll see 
how God puts all of this in perspective. Paul puts it through in perspective. Look, if you will, at verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, those who have died, who are believers. Least you, pronoun you, sorrow as others who have no hope. Verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who are asleep in Jesus, who've died in Jesus. So verse 14 gives the qualifications for being in the rapture when it happens. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, if you believe that from your heart and you've trusted Christ to be your Lord and Savior, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. So the point is, there should never be an excuse for missing heaven because verse 14 explains that if you believe with all of your heart that Christ died and arose from the grave, and you trust Him as Lord and Savior of your life, then you'll be in the rapture. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 is the gospel. The point is, notice, our loved ones who were saved, where are they? They're hanging out somewhere? No, they're not hanging out anywhere. They're hanging out somewhere, but they're not hanging in, uh, uh, what's the place, uh, the limbo place? Limbo. What? No, the other one. Purgatory, thank you, purgatory. No, purgatory. They're, they're with the Father. You know why? You know how I know? Because he's going to bring them with him when he comes back at the rapture, the catching away of the church. And there it is. And so they're there, they're coming back with him, and what are they doing now? I'm going to tell you what they're really doing now, is waiting for the resurrection of their bodies. That's what they're doing. Verse 15, notice that. For this we say to you, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are dead, who are asleep. So when the Lord returns in the air, in a split second of time, the Lord's going to bring those. He's going to raise up those dead bodies, those in the ashes, the bones, the dust, raise all of those up from the grave, those bodies up, and he's bringing the, the soul and spirit, and they're going to reunite together, soul, spirit, in a new resurrected body. That's what he says, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So those in the grave are going to come up first and will be reunited, soul and spirit. And Christ is bringing them back from, the, from glory, and he's going to, they're going to reunite in the air. Think of that. Think of that picture. Verse 17, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we shall always be with the Lord. Verse 18, Therefore comfort one another with these words. And so those of us who are believers and who are alive, should be alive, I believe it's going to happen while I'm alive. And I'm getting old. But I believe it's going to happen that soon. Paul thought it was going to happen when he was alive. We don't know when it's going to happen, but we know it's going to happen. And so those believers, all of us who are alive when the Lord comes, we're going to be caught up. So remember the day of Christ. Christ comes in the air for the church. 
Tribulation begins after that. Bad times for all who were not caught up. Those bad times for those who missed the rapture will go through a terrible time. The second coming, the day of the Lord. Christ comes back with his... Uh, the, the day of Christ, Christ comes back with his church. He sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives and he fights the battle of Armageddon. That is the second coming or the day of the Lord. The day of Christ, the rapture, the day of the Lord is the second coming. Look at verse 18. He says, comfort one another with these words. Isn't it comforting to know that as a believer that we're going to miss the wrath of God? Now you have some people who don't believe this. You say, Brother Sammy, how can I know that I'll not experience the wrath of God? Well, look at... Look at uh, verse, chapter 14. Look at verse th- uh, chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians 4. And we're going to close right now in just a second. Verse 13. That ye, or you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Look at verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died. Pronouns. Verse 15. For this we say by the word of the Lord. Verse 17, then we which are alive and remain. Now I want you to look how the pronouns change in chapter 5. Turn over to chapter 5. Look at verse 3. Verse 3. For when they say, now it went from we to they. For when they say, those who were not caught up to be with the Lord, when they say peace and safety and suddenly destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, you believers, are not in darkness, so that this day shall not overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day, And we're not of the night, nor the darkness. We're not, but they are. See the difference in the pronouns? Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. Paul begins, ends chapter 1 with this. And he says, listen, we are waiting for the Son from heaven, whom He, God, raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Underline that. And so when someone says, we're in the tribulation, I believe the world's coming to an end, you can't get to Revelation 19 until you get to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That comes first. Remember that. Just remember that. That takes place first. So back to the question. Are you prepared for the day of Christ? Have you believed the gospel? Are you going to be a part of that catching away of the church? And to put it where we understand it. Are you saved? Are you saved? Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had just to go back and re- Rehearse, remember, regather our thoughts upon the day of Christ, the rapture, the catching away of the church, and the day of the Lord, the second coming, as he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, and that mountain splits in half, 
And then he walks across the Kidron Valley into the eastern gate, <laughs> into the temple, and sits on his throne and takes his rightful place as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There's a lot that has to happen before then, Lord. Before then. I mean, right now on that, on that temple mount, there's the Dome of the Rock. That's got to be taken down. That is the second most holy shrine with the Muslims. It's got to be taken down. The temple's got to be built right there. And they've walled up the eastern gate. Lord, I've seen that with my own eyes to keep you out. They think they can keep you from coming through that gate. They, they don't believe you're the Messiah. The Jewish people don't believe you're the Messiah. And they, but just in case, they've walled up the gate. But there's a lot of things have to happen before you set your feet down upon the Mount of Olives. But we know the day of Christ could happen at any moment when you come in the air and call us up to be with you forever. I pray for every person here. I pray no one here will miss that trip. And it's easy to see that they believe that you are who you say you are. You're the Savior, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray today for those who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior that today they would come. They may be trusting in some ritual, some work, their goodness, what their morality, whatever. But they have to believe and trust in you. Turn from their sin, turn to you, invite you into their life, receive you. And you say, as many as receive you, to them you gave the power to become the sons of God, even them that believe on your name. I pray people will come today. And those that are listening, I pray they would in their, in their living room, wherever they might be, might humble their heart and prepare for the day of Jesus Christ as he comes in the air for his church. I pray today, Lord, speak to people's hearts as they humble their heart and give themselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.